Welcome to the Marketing Edition of B2B Nation, part of the Technology Advice Podcast Network. Today on the show, we have Sean Zinsmeister, the Director of Product Marketing at Infer. Thanks for joining me today, Sean. Hey, it's great to be here, Josh. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, there's been a ton of interest uh, around AI, and I'm so excited to chat about it today. Uh, there's really been, uh, I guess, since the announcement of OpenAI, uh, even going back further than that, really, but uh, I'm hoping to discuss uh, AI-powered prospect management. Um, so really, Sean, what does AI mean for B2B companies today? Yeah, it's funny. I is this is a topic I've always been very, very curious about, even before sort of diving headfirst in with Infer. And it's something that I've been chatting a lot with our engineers lately. And one thing that they're really talking about is I think you have to kind of level the playing fields here and kind of define some terms. Uh, the truth is, is that when it comes to AI predictive data science. Uh, predictive is actually a term that if you said that to a data scientist outside of the realm of B2B, they'd sort of look at you with one eyebrow raised and wonder what you're talking about. Because yeah. in many cases, you're talking about the same thing, right? It's really about using machine learning to process you know, these massive amounts of data uh, into actionable intelligence, and then taking that a step further and then automating you know, an action based upon that intelligence. And that's that's kind of the natural evolution. So when you hear those terms thrown around, I think it's important for, you know, marketers and sales professionals alike to realize that, you know, they're very, they're very similar. You know, the nuances might be slightly different, um, but but we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, what, I mean, what, what would you say is the major difference? Is there a major difference between AI and predictive, Sean? No, it's it's honestly part of it is really a product marketing exercise. I think predictive in a B2B space does a really wonderful job of packaging the value for marketers. This is where like predictive scoring has always it's it's a great MVP to showcase the power of what you can do with machine learning, right? The ability to predict, you know, a likely outcome or you know whether or not a prospect is a good fit for your company. And these are really, really easy to grok value propositions. And I think that AI feels a little bit more science fiction. It feels a little bit more um, it feels a little bit more fantasy. Yeah. And really it there aren't there isn't really a level scale that you can kind of, you know, put these terms down on a, a scale and, and sort of look at. Um, it would be great to get those engineering thought leaders and data scientists thought leaders to come out and really talk about the, the topic more. But really, it, it, it's a B2B product marketing exercise um, in itself. Gotcha. And why, why, Sean, is there a need uh, to go beyond predictive scoring? I feel like there's been a couple companies out there who, who have gone up until that line, but uh, why, why are they sort of starting to go uh, beyond predictive scoring and really starting to uh, turn that data into actionable intelligence? Yeah, I think that the first thing is really a lot of this development and innovation is coming directly from, uh, from the customers themselves. Um, a lot of the early adopters of predictive scoring solutions are now starting to field a lot of questions that we're starting to get to say, you know, a predictive score is great, but it's really hard for me to abstract anything from that score. I mean, you're, you're essentially stamping a score to a record in a CRM, and that's really valuable, and you can stack rank your leads and accounts accordingly, and, and that's, that's great for driving efficiencies in your sales force and, you know, uh, you know increasing marketing performance. But... Where people are falling down is a, is a couple places. One, there's a confidence level in the score where people want to know, well, what, you know, 
what goes into this score? So part of it is understanding what is driving the rating or the score itself. The other is really that abstraction for how do I personalize my message around what the meaning of this score is. So one of the things that we're really looking at is what we call profiles, where profiles are not only using predictive scores, but they're bringing in a lot of other signals like segments, which might be your technographic signals or firmographic, demographic, personas, things like job roles and titles, um, as well as states, so behavior activity or application usage. Rolling all of those different types of signals along with your predictive scores into a data-rich descriptive profile that if I'm a frontline rep and I see you know, B2B executive using Amazon Web Services, that gives me a lot of at-a-glance information to personalize my communications, um, and sort of in, and really, really execute on a value proposition. And I feel like that's the next step, right? It, it's that personalization. And I think a lot of customers are after personalization at scale uh, and how they can really inform reps uh, to increase their engagement and have more meaningful conversations. Yeah, I love that personalization at scale. I think that that's a, a great description. And uh, Sean, is is the bottom line really just about improving the customer experience? Is is that really what this is all about at the end of the day, right? Just trying to find a way to make uh, your customer be able to experience their, uh, be able to experience what they want to experience, you know, in a better way, right? Yeah, and I, I, I think that that tenant really goes beyond just you know, what predictive solutions and data has to offer. I'd love to think that that's something, that's a banner that marketers in general can really start to, to fly really high. You know, I mean, marketers are storytellers and they're experience makers, and we're doing that not just through how we're interpreting data, but how we're creating content, you know, from what the data informs and all those great marketing activities. That's all a part of the what we call sort of customer journey or the customer experience. I think the more that we get to know the types of people that are interacting with us online uh, can really help us structure a great conversation because at the end of the day, the key is to solve market problems. And I think that when you sort of go beyond that, it becomes very noisy and not valuable uh, to the audience. And, I, and when you start focusing on solving market problems, I feel like it's, it's one of those rising tide raises all boats and you're, you're automatically using data to improve the customer experience. And I, and I really think it's a core tenet of marketers in general that, that really hopes to, that, hoping that they're holding closer and closer to their heart as, as these innovations continue to be made. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, something that's always been a really interesting parallel for me uh, in this space is trying to figure out what we as B2B marketers can learn from B2C marketers. And I feel like, uh, and this may be wrong, but I feel like they were sort of the first folks to really adopt uh, this, I, I guess, not necessarily predictive scoring, but the ability to use all this data to really, at the end of the day, improve the customer experience. Um, number one, is that wrong? And if, uh, I guess, number two, what can B2B marketers really learn from B2C marketers uh, with regards to uh, this predictive scoring? Yeah, that's that's a really interesting question. And I think that that's a common sentiment among B2B marketers that we always seem to be fast followers of our B2C counterparts. Uh, that's definitely true in certain areas. I think one of the things to look at is that B2C is always going to be dealing with much larger data sets in general. Um, when you're When you're dealing with marketing at the consumer level, you're really able to actually, you know, there's there's a lot easier to scale and sort of come to these conclusions. While B2B sort of sometimes is dealing with smaller and smaller segment size, it's harder to come to those conclusions. 
Uh, I'd say some of the areas that we're starting to see a lot of parallels is uh, B2C advertising for sure. You're starting to see more B2B advertising uh, emulate what's happening on the B2C side, whether it's you know targeting and you know predictive algorithms to help with the bidding process and help you personalize your advertising. Uh, we, we've seen a lot of that with with B2C advertising. I mean, you only have to float around Facebook for a couple minutes to sort of yeah. see how advanced retargeting is. It's like as soon as you go to a website, it's like, boom, you know, those shoes are right in front of your face. Yeah. Um, and I think that the B2C, B2B marketers are starting to borrow more plays from the B2B playbook, uh, especially in, in advertising. I think the other big thing for me is, is segmentation. It's one of those things where if you're, you know, just entering business school or graduated, you know, they teach you about STP, it's segmentation, targeting, and positioning. And the segmentation piece has been something that B2C marketers have always really been passionate about. You know, you go to any of these big advertising firms, they're always, you know, looking at different audiences and testing groups and demographics for how they can really structure this, this message and align it with their channels uh, to drive results for, for, for large brands, or large consumer brands in this case. And B2B just never has seemed to really be focused on what segmentation means for our side of the industry. And you're starting to see more focus on this idea of hyper-segmentation. And this is where data is becoming really powerful. And predictive models, like we were talking about earlier, are a really important element uh, and piece of this puzzle. The other is just getting more access, Josh, to the data that's out there. You know, through things like advanced web crawlers to be able to understand, you know, technographics, what kind of technology, you know, makes up this, this profile and how do I personalize my message accordingly. Marketers are starting to get smarter and smarter that it's not just about the volume of leads, it's about the quality of leads that I have in front of me and how you segment that and the value of that segment because at the end of the day, you only have so many resources, you only have so much time. And you have to have some statistically proven confidence yeah. uh, of, of that you're putting your chips in the right place. What, Sean, then, I mean, what's sort of the biggest challenge then with segmentation? Is it, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you answer, but why, uh, why have we as, as B2B marketers really had, had that such a big issue? Well, sort of, some of it is the tools. Um, there's a lot of innovation in the tools that are helping us these days. Uh, some of it is the coverage and access to the data. You know, I think that we have more access to more data sets that might be unique to our business uh, today that we didn't have before uh, as B2B marketers. So I think part of it is that. I think the, also the big challenge is how do you combine all that data? How do you combine it into something that's meaningful for your business and put it in a place that you know, a, a frontline rep can execute on? It's it's about talking and sharing that data through systems uh, that is a big challenge that I think that you're starting to see more technology bridge those gaps. So it's part of it is about you know the data volume and having access. The other is sort of like now we're able to actually have more control and structure that data and share it across our systems of record that we use every day. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and that's something that I've sort of noticed with all the different data analysts that I've talked to um, fr from various different uh, verticals. And that is that they're really trying to make the data accessible to, to more than just a data analyst and to make it accessible to, you know, a, a director of marketing or a head of sales that really can can utilize that data to better improve, uh, you know, their, their sales yeah. or marketing processes. So, um, but Sean, do, do you think that there can be uh, too much automation w with these processes? Do you, do you think there's 
there's where's sort of the the, the fine line of uh, yeah. diminishing marginal utility with regard to all, all these uh, automation and processes? Yeah, I think some of it is a little too early to tell, but I, I think that the best correlation there is if you look at Google's product lifecycle and and how they went about um, consumer search. You know, there's still a lot of human touch that's involved with those search. You know, if you look at guys like the great work that Matt Cutts has done uh, to kind of remove spam signals and improve search algorithms, you know, absolutely a lot of that that great work is automated, but there are a lot of humans that that are required to have that talent and to be hands-on with that data to make sure that the experience uh, is just. So I do think that in a way, like the automation will continue to get better. So part of it is just where we're at you know, in the current life cycle. I think that the trouble is, you know, and we talked, I think, last time, I like to use the sort of GPS analogy in thinking about these things where it's like, you don't want your Waze app or your, I guess you're now your integrated Google Maps app to send you an hour in the wrong direction to get around an accident. Uh, you know, it's the same reason where it's like, if you're following this stuff blindly, it can get you into trouble. You end up going on a wild goose chase, wasting valuable resources, and unfortunately, you always, if you're a sales and marketer, need to be calculating opportunity cost uh, every single step of the way. And in that case, I do think that where humans come in, especially in terms of like model building, whether you're talking about predictive models, um, certainly on the consumer search side, that still is an important part uh, of the play today. Gotcha. And I think no better way, Sean, to, to sort of end this interview um, than with uh, the GPS analogy. There is a perfect segue into uh, this fantastic article that I will uh, put in the show notes. But uh, eight thought-provoking questions raised by self-driving <laughs> cars. I, I love this article. It's so interesting, right? Because it, it, I think, it, for me at least, it really combines um, sort of the best of the, of like futurology and of tech with what we're doing here in B2B. And I think we touched on a couple of tenants today um, with regard to you know how AI and predictive are really making uh, uh, making our lives easier as marketers and making our lives better and, and ed- better able to target folks. But um, did you have any uh, comments on this article, Sean, that you wanted to, to end on here or and sort of, I guess, wrap up the conversation with uh, how this sort of relates to uh, where we are today with regard to AI and, and B2B? Yeah. Well, I think it's 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 a really fun analogy, right? I mean, if you we're lucky enough to be in Mountain View where we're seeing these Google self-driving cars roaming around the streets, um, it's it's really a, a a sight to watch when you see this. Slightly you know, terrifying, right? It's a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I feel, you know, even I get a little nervous where I don't see the hands on the wheels, but I'm hoping there's like an extra set of pedals down there. I've never been in, <laughs> I've never been in one myself. Um, I, I think that, you know, you look at the innovations being made, you know, we just came out of CES, you know, the big consumer electronics show, and, you know, self-driving cars is something you're hearing Tesla talk about, and a lot of the big uh, auto brands are starting to get into it, Um, so you're starting to see them fast-following what is happening with Google, and I think it's a great way for B2B marketers to start to understand the possibilities that are available that you're already seeing in the technology unfold in front of us. You know, when I think about the main thing that I think is meaningful for me and that it really does play into the the self-driving car is this idea of actionable intelligence. Um, You know, there is a big difference for B2B marketers thinking about these tools that we've had that give me insight and yes, are providing intelligence, but it's almost like feel-good metrics. It's a lot of vanity metrics. And 
what you're starting to see as we use things like advanced machine learning and data science to find these patterns is to create this actionable intelligence. And the self-driving cars creates this exciting world where it's like, okay, now that the actionable intelligence is there, how are you automating it? I mean, you're seeing these self-driving cars, you know, stop automatically at stoplights and, you know, slow down and speed up obeying laws. And it's like, they're not only processing actionable intelligence, but they're automating it as well. And you're seeing it live. I, I really expect to see that same type of growth curve um, in the next, you know, distant horizons in B2B technology as well. And I think the first step is how do we get that actionable intelligence, which you're already starting to see with the next evolution of predictive analytics. Uh, and then, 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 sort of the distance horizons are is like now. How do you automate the next best action uh, to improve our results and overall the customer experience? Nice. Well, uh, how can our listeners find out more about about Infer and you know all that you guys have to offer, Sean? Sure. Uh, best place is to head over to uh, infer.com, and you can kind of browse around the website. We have a a bunch of great resources, including uh, an entire. Uh, ebook that we did on intent, our ROI calculator, um, and a bunch of other fun little things that'll kind of get you get you uh, entrenched into into what what the world of uh, predictive analytics has for B two B sales and marketing. Uh, other otherwise, I'd say follow us on Twitter at Infer Inc. And you can of course uh, shoot me a note uh, on Twitter as well. I'm pretty active over there. It's just at S Zinsmeister. Um, I you know whether. You're in the market for predictive or not. I, I I love talking about you know the latest in marketing technology and and always happy to have a conversation with uh, anybody who's uh, who's inquisitive or just curious. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much, Sean, for for joining me. Today. Absolutely, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having. Me. Yeah, of course. Also, thank you so much to our listeners for following along. To find out more about BAB Nation, including our HR, IT, and Lead Generation Edition, check out our website, technologyadvice.com. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, and only if you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening.